It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show, Thank buddy. you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. In studio again with Bobby today. Focus, fired up for sports. Not only throughout the Raider Nation, but Las Vegas and our streaming, growing national audience. As I'm definitely playing this up as a national show at noon, I'd like you to listen to the monologue, uh, get involved, share the show with your friends, forward the show, let them know what we do. I'll put this 20 minutes up against anything you hear in your entire day. And when I'm this fired up because of the Golden Knights win last night, everything that's happening with the schedule released with the Raider Nation, which could hit a little bump in the wall. Sounds like the NFL, the league, is kind of not up to speed on all these games just yet. They're trying to fight. There's a lot of favoritism going on. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, what they're going to do with all of that. So that's coming. Uh, get ready for our coverage here. And then the NBA playoffs with the Lakers and the Warriors was fantastic last night. Not the quality of play. That's what's really irking me in basketball, which I'll get to here at some point. Not the quality of play. The quality of play is ugly. But the drama with the games are pretty good. How's everyone doing today? Let's get rolling. I got up early today. I was on a podcast, and I almost thought I was on it before, but I wasn't familiar with it, Raiding the Kingdom. And it was a Raider podcast with a little Kansas City guy mixed in. So when I put the headset on at home, I said, oh, I'm not getting ambushed, am I? And they said, no, you are on with us last year. So I said, okay. So I knocked out a 30-minute podcast that they just tweeted out. And I tweeted out, and I do a lot of this, and I don't need a medal or an award or a juice box. I spend a lot of time on podcasts and other radio shows talking about the Raiders, and it's an absolute honor to do that. I think what I want my legacy to be at some point, when you never know when it's going to stop, is the fact that I fought for the Raider Nation nationally, nationally on all my platforms, and in those regions where they want a guest and they put me on because they want to beat up on the Raiders and I don't let them do it. I don't let them do it. I try to protect the wall, protect the wall of the silver and black. And I did that today, and I retweeted it. So if you wanted to listen to it, it's out there now. Uh, and it's on the clock, and it's featuring myself raiding the kingdom, which we did earlier today where I talked about the draft, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Devontae Adams' future. Uh, they were trying to get me to say that Devontae doesn't want to be here. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's at Barry's Steakhouse three nights a week with his wife. He's playing golf at Shadow Creek. You have no idea what you're talking about. Devontae seems to love it here. So I had to squash that. As that was kind of being portrayed as potentially a storyline. But the big question they asked me at the end, the Chiefs fan on the podcast said, do you believe that the Raiders have done enough to shorten the gap against Kansas City? And I said, man, that's a good question. 
Because every year I think the Raiders do enough to at least attempt to try to bring Kansas City back to the pack. That's really their goal. They tried to do it hard by getting Henry Ruggs and getting certain players with speed to match Tyreek Hill. Remember that went down, and because of the Ruggs tragedy and what happened, that thing was over. And now they're trying to do it again with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels with a team that I believe has an offense, and this was my answer, an offense that can compete with Kansas City and then keep the deep friends fresh. I mean, that's all I got. What else am I going to say? Until we learn to tackle, until we can stop Travis Kelsey, until someone can tell me how to stop Kelsey, what the hell am I going to say? What am I going to say? Oh, yeah, they're a little bit closer. So I described it like fishing, that you reel in a fish, you throw out the bait, to Kansas City, they bite, you start reeling in the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs break the line. They break the line and you don't get them in the boat. And that's really what happened. So do I believe that the Raiders shorten the gap? Absolutely. They had a very good draft with some explosive players, smarter, faster, more explosive. They brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, better red zone quarterback than what they had. They got a baby Gronk. I want to be careful not to use that term so people pick up on it. But a baby Gronk type player who can replace Darren Waller, and for whatever reason, they got a bunch of slot receivers, and Hunter Renfro's still here, and he might be the best of all of them. So with all that happening, am I encouraged? Yeah, more encouraged. But I find out that I'm not the good guy to ask for that because I'm always encouraged after the draft. I'm always encouraged that whatever the regime is, they're trying to make it better. So that's where we stand today. And that's all I got. I really got nothing else here. That's why I'm going with the Golden Knights and other sports because there are times when we are not Raider heavy and I don't pretend to do it. You know, I don't talk about third string cornerbacks. I don't talk about triple backup safeties. That's not my show. You can find those on other podcasts on YouTube. Uh, And when the Raiders have heavy content, we'll give it to you like we did with the 30-minute exclusive with Dave Ziegler, which is still up and trending on the website if you haven't been able to see that. As we jump on in. So raiding the kingdom went in there today. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, the One guy was trying to tempt me to say that it's their home. Their kingdom west is Allegiant Stadium. You know, those type of goofy questions. And I said, look, Raiders need to do a better job protecting their house and keeping Kansas City fans out. That would be nice. But I can't control. I'm not the guy at the airport. You know the guy at the airport when you come down and he has the sign with your name, your driver? Mr. JT, I'm going to drive you. I park my car at the airport. So I don't have those drivers. But I can't be the guy at the airport pointing out everyone saying, you look to be a Bronco fan, you look to be a Chief fan, you're not allowed to come to Vegas. I'm not, I, I don't do that, okay? I call it the right name of the airport, Las Vegas International Airport. I do my part, I do my part with that. I love the airport. I can get there in nine minutes from my house in Summerlin. It's amazing to live out here as long as the traffic stays down. Man, just to get right out on the 215 and get right under that airport tunnel park and be at my gate with the clear pass or Southwest. I love it here, but I cannot police the airport and keep the aggressive negative fans of the Raider Nation out of Las Vegas. Everybody wants to be here. Baseball teams want to move here. We're going to get an NBA team. We have F1, which is massive, and we have the Super Bowl here this year, and we have a team that's competing for the Stanley Cup. It is good here right now, man. It is good. The weather hasn't popped to 114 yet. I mean, it's a good time to be out here in Las Vegas. So wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening, 
You should have an opinion in the next two hours. I want my show to kind of be like a stopwatch. It starts, and then it kind of goes down for two hours, and you got to get in here because you want to be heard on this show if you're in the Raider Nation. You want Raider fans to hear your name, recognize your name like they have over the years with me, with Raider Mike and Chris in West Oakland, and all the fans that have called in over the years, and they come to this show because they want to be heard. So again, today, I don't got much. And I'm not apologizing and making it up. If there's something and there's breaking news, we're still talking about the draft and we're talking about the schedule release. So I got you your topic today. I got you your topic on the Raiders. Here it is. Tweeted this out earlier today at JT the Brick. Here's what I look forward to in the draft release. This is ranked one through eight. These are the eight things I'm looking for with the schedule release. Number one, bye week, early or late. Very important. If you're a good team and you get out to a good start, you don't need a bye week. You don't want a bye week. You just want to keep trashing teams. You want to go 5-1, and 7-2. and two. You don't need a bye week. If you're a bad team and you get buried early, you better hope that bye week's coming week 5 or 6 so you can fix this thing. Okay, so this time around, I usually like the mid to late bye week because I think these are pro football players and they're ready to play, and a later bye week is more conducive to having a stretch run. Number two, prime to, uh, number two, excuse me, outdoor cold weather games. Big for me. The Raiders are not a talented outdoor cold weather team. They are exclusively a dome team for now. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler came from New England where they played legendary games at home and on the road in the cold. This team isn't there yet. They're just not. I think they have players who have played in the cold. Alabama players never play in the cold. When was the last time a Clemson player ever played in a cold-weather game? Well, you play at, at Kansas City. So when the schedule comes out, I want the road game at Kansas City and Denver to be early before the snow starts coming down. The Buffalo game is the intriguing one. A lot of people don't know but are leaking that the Buffalo game will be played in London. That would be a benefit for the Raiders to not have to play in Buffalo, where that place is a madhouse and they have a Super Bowl window here that's kind of slipping. So that game in Buffalo is the toughest game of the year if it's in Buffalo. If it's in London, you take the edge off of the game. So I don't know what's going to happen there again. But how many outdoor cold weather games? Number three, primetime games. I believe that this team got screwed over by this league in regards to not having enough primetime games coming off a 10-win playoff season the year before. Last year, their schedule came out. It sucked. It was terrible. It was awful because they didn't give us what we deserved Sunday night, Monday night, primetime games, which usually they do. They didn't do it last year, and no one has been able to explain that to me coming off the 10-win season in a playoff berth. We got screwed. I'm a season ticket holder. I want my season tickets to have more value. I want Monday night, Sunday night games. I want to be entertained and be out on a, with, the, with the lights of the Vegas Strip. As Vince Lombardi might say, what the hell's going on out there? Where's my primetime games? And don't feed us to other teams to give them a primetime game and we're the road team. This is Allegiant Stadium, home of the Super Bowl, and will be multiple Super Bowls in decades to come. Number four, what's the best road trip? I could have put that higher. Best road trip means what's the one game you're going to go to? One game. I don't expect you to go to everyone. Everyone can't be Gorilla Rilla going to every game on the road. What's the road trip that you want to go on most? For me, it would be at Buffalo if, if they play in Buffalo. Miami is a really good game. 
And I've been there, done that. Uh, Denver, Kansas City's not my thing. I like L.A. I think that new stadium's really cool. It's a home game for the Raider Nation. It's a home game. L.A.'s fun. Went last year. I called that the Baker Mayfield game. I was the first to call it that because I did the post game from the booth. I called it the Baker Mayfield game because we let Baker Mayfield come back from 16-3 to with no one on the team. No one on the team. And that was the derailment, the derailment of the Raiders last year. So what is the best road trip? And you can call in right now on this and let me know at 702-365-9200 which of these topics means the most to you. Okay, number five, international game or not. I like the international game. I'd love to see the team play in Germany, play in London. I've seen the London game twice. I was able to slide over to Paris. I went to Normandy, walked the beach of Normandy of D-Day. It's a great vacation if you can afford it and go. International game. Number six, home opener. Very important to me. Who's the home opener? Give me a really tough test in that game. Drew Brees, beat him. Lamar Jackson, beat him. Why? They weren't ready. Don't you get it? You want to play Kansas City early. They don't play anybody in the preseason. They might be a little bit rusty. Get them early. Home opener, very important. I don't like the home opener in the division. I like something a little bit different. Could be Green Bay. How about the, if the home opener is Green Bay or the Giants? That would be interesting. right? Jump on one of those teams, go 1-0, home opener. Uh, have that ranked number six. Number seven, which is kind of prime time but different. The Thanksgiving game, Christmas Eve, or the new Black Friday game. I listened to Q as I was driving home. He said, how do we not get the first ever Black Friday game? Q mentioned that, and he was really right to say that. How do we not get the first ever Black Friday game in the black hole, silver and black, and all of that? Don't we deserve that? I think that'd be great. Matter of fact, that feels like a lock. Who's stupid enough at the NFL offices not to say, hey, give the Raiders the first ever Black Friday game? I would think that'd be cool. And number eight, ooh, this is a tough one. Number eight, the back-to-back road games. Ooh, the killer, the killer, the kryptonite of the silver and black before these guys. So, you know, that's a big deal. So I just gave you eight. Let's get a phone call from one or two or three of you guys, as they say in Goodfellas. What's the most important trend? What's the most important feature coming up for the release? And you all are fans, and you all traveling, you're spending money, you're, most of our fans listening are out of market. Vegas fans, you can chime in too. But for everybody listening, what out of those eight categories, what's the one thing that you're most concerned about, excited about? I don't know unless you tell me. I can't read minds. Uh, for me, it really is the ability to figure out uh, the best road trip. That's what I've been like. I like a road trip with my buddies. My buddies need a road trip. A lot of guys marry wives who don't let them travel, but they'll let them travel to a game. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, the wife won't let you out, you know, to go pick up groceries at 11 o'clock at night. They think you're going to go to a gaming bar and drop 200 playing video poker. But you can get a travel game. You are allowed to go to a Raider game on the road. If not, file for separation. And this goes for you ladies, too. If your husband doesn't let you go on a girl's trip with your Raider girlfriends, file for separation. So that's what I got here as we open up the show, 702-365-9200 here as we begin on the Raider flagship. All right, let's go to the Golden Knights. Man, do I have a lot to say here. And I kind of 
I tempted Golden Knight fans to call in yesterday, and we finally heard from them because I went after him hard in the monologue yesterday. It was literally one of the greatest games I've ever seen them play. One of the greatest games they've ever played. Everything was set up after the defeat in Las Vegas Saturday night, which I went to, which they got dominated and embarrassed. Everything was beautifully set up for them to go to Edmonton and get slaughtered. I mean, embarrassed to the point where they were getting punked. They were getting embarrassed. They were being threatened by the bully to fight. They were being called out not for having their manhood. And they slaughtered them. They came back and mocked. Those Edmonton fans are great fans. They stayed in their seats to the end of the game. Some of them left. I watched, I watched the game live, and when I wrapped up my show, I saw those fans sitting in their seat. And Edmonton fan, how would you like to have been an Edmonton fan? You're waiting for your home game because you don't have home ice. You're, you just kill the Golden Knights in Vegas, slaughter them. You got your tickets, and you're like, this is going to be fun, and you never have a reason to be happy in the game. And Vegas did something that is rare in sports. They got embarrassed, and they bounced back and won. Congratulations to this franchise on that performance. It was epic. Now, this team has had success on the road before. We know that. But this is really big because they're going up against Dreisaitl and McDavid. And they went into a belly of the beast in Canada where those fans are a lot more educated than our fans. I apologize. You know that's true. And they kicked their bleeping ass all over the ice. I mean, I'm standing up in the studio. I'm so happy about what I saw. That was awesome. Now, again, only way I know how to do radio, I got to push some people around. This is your town. This is your team. If you're listening outside the market and you don't like hockey, I could care less. I'm in Vegas, and we got a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and we're up 2-1 on Edmonton. The whole city now has got to get excited. Watch parties. Watch parties. Head on out to PT's. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. They're a partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, so so are we at Lotus Broadcasting. We have our own channel for the Vegas Golden Knights in this building. But I'm the only one on it this time in this building. So we got to get the hockey fans now over lunch or whenever to kind of come in here and do what they're doing in Seattle. Do what they're doing in South Florida. Do what they're doing in Edmonton. Get going like they are in New Jersey when they call WFAN with the Devils. This is what we have to do. I cannot do it on my own. I need the help of this city. I need the help. I don't need the help with Raider Nation. I got that. I've had that forever. We have that. We need to get this hockey town more mature, excited, engaged during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Then when there's an offseason, this or that, do what you want to do. But I need you now to get into this because it's great. It's not good. It's great. This could change our lives for the rest of May into June and really make a difference in our social life, our entertainment, our kids in this community, everybody who just wants to have good times. My show isn't divisive. It's not like, well, you know, we don't want the Aces to do well. We don't want UNLV to do well. No, we want everybody to do well here. Everybody. We want everybody to do well. So when one of the teams are doing well, Let's get behind the team and do some sports talk radio. And I'm excited about this. So Edmonton, as we begin, Bobby, got off to that quick start. one nothing here. And I've got to be honest with you, I was one of those fans thinking this could be a nightmare because Edmonton got the first one. Oilers come the other way. Here comes Derek Ryan. Made his... Oh, Sutherland passes 
it's tipped home. Derek Ryan out of the corner, put it in front, and the redirect gets the Oilers on top. That was a beautiful goal. That was a deflection right out in front. There was a goalie change due to an injury, and I'm sitting there going, oh, what the hell's going to happen tonight? But Marcheseau, who we called out yesterday in a professional manner, how do you call out a player professionally? You just say, where is he? Where the hell was Jonathan Marcheseau? Where was he in the game? And he must have been listening. Eichel at the left side of the net. Marcheseau in front, and he scores! Jonathan Marcheseau finds the garbage in the crease, and he ties the game. Okay, so he ties the game, which was great because that was an answer. If the Vegas Golden Knights didn't get an answer there, and they went down 2-0 or 1-0 at the end of 1, then I'd be sitting there going, look, this is an uphill battle. But Marceau, again, in the second, the momentum, you could tell he was completely locked in. Out comes Jack Eichel to the red line. Rink wide right to Marceau. To the middle, Eichel straight on. Waits, pulls to the circle. He centers. They score! Off of Marceau and into the goal. Vegas takes a 2-1 lead. That was great. So now I felt like, wow, Vegas has got something going here. They're skating fast. They're getting in front of the net. Uh, Eichel, you heard there with the assist. Everything's going. And then the White Cloud goal is what got me to jump out of my seat. Once this goal happened, I said, oh, my God, they might have a chance to steal this game on the road. Banks it out high for White Cloud. The righty returns it to Smith popping out high. Smith almost ran into a couple of Oilers, dropped it off. White Cloud, he scores from the right wing. Zach White Cloud, and the Knights take a 3-1 lead. 3-1 lead there, and then we were saying pour it on. And Jack Eichel on a really unique turnover by Edmonton, uh, nice little nugget here. The four goal scorers there were righties, righties, right-handed shooters, and they kind of went to the same spot. A nugget to concentrate on going forward in the series. Always good to get Eichel going. Now McNabb using the far wall off the shelf. Eichel coming out. One of the Oilers goes down. It's a three-on-one. Eichel shooting. He scores! Perfectly placed wrister. Low on the long side. And the Oilers give up two goals in the second period and now trail 4-1. to one. That was great at that time there because it was a turnover. Eichel got a gift and he buried it, which is really what you need to do. When you get a hockey player falling down on defense and you go by him, you got to make that. you got to make that opportunity. Eichel was able to do it. The Stevenson goal really was the icing on the cake as Vegas was in blowout form. You slow it down and it looks more egregious than it was in real time, I suppose. Juan now threads it in front. They score anyway! Stevenson! And now the Knights lead 5-1 to one with 2.47 to go in the second period. Can you believe these soundbites I'm playing from Dan Duver? I mean, he's incredible. They're going back and forth, back and forth. They take a goal away. No problem. They score right after that. Final call, Vegas commanding lead on the road in Edmonton. Six seconds to go here in Game 3. Oilers thought they were really cooking after game two, but the Knights respond in game three, 5-1. The final score, the Golden Knights take a two games to one series lead. How about Barbashev, man? Oh, oh the most minutes, I believe, 19-12. What an addition he's been for this team. What an addition. And I really think Jonathan Marcheseau did a great job in his 18 minutes and getting a couple of goals. So who needs to wake up? And I did the monologue yesterday. I said, where was Shea Theodore? I haven't really heard much, right? Where is Marcheseau? We heard from him. Where is Eichel? We heard from him. And now we're waiting for Wild Bill, uh, Bill Carlson, to wake up a little bit. William Carlson, if he can get going, then uh, that would be good. So that's where we are. No Vegas fans on hold. The show started 23 minutes ago. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying so hard. 
I need to calm down. I'm trying so hard, and I'm not throwing in the towel. Last show of the week is tomorrow. I'm going to my son's graduation in college in Oklahoma, and I'll be back on Monday. And I'm hoping this series, the Vegas Golden Knights, are in control of the series. In control of the series at this point, and it's not going to a seventh game. And it might. If it goes to a seventh game, uh, they got that game here. Also, as I opened up the show, what is the most important thing about the schedule release Reportedly on Thursday, the number one priority for you in the Raider Nation. What do you want to see happen? I'll get to the NBA coming up in a little bit. Kelvin in San Francisco, thanks for calling in the Bay Area. What's happening? Thanks, uh, thanks for the call, JT. Uh, Raider schedule uh, just pulled it, repulled it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every game's tough in the NFL, right? Yep. No, no guarantee wins, but I mean, it'd be awfully nice to get the Colts and Bears early and the Broncos. We own the Broncos. Um, it seems like every year, I know we're in the AFC West, but man, that schedule's tough. It seems like every year we have a... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough now for a while with Mahomes there and Justin Herbert and to look at what's going to happen. I mean, when we look at everything that's going to happen, I mean, you don't have any wiggle room in the division. I mean, a lot of people think the best case scenario for the Raiders is just to play for the wild card. You know, I don't agree with that. I want to just see what's going to happen here and what could happen here. But you're right. The schedule's tough, and they could make it tougher by making it challenging with travel for the Raiders. That always concerns me. Yeah, I'm uh, interested to hear your insight on uh, what the uh, camp, I think it was Bruce Allen you mentioned. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear your feedback on that, what an what what optimal schedule looks like. Well, I know it's obviously based around traveling. Yeah, that's what I tweeted out. I, I, it's kind of similar to what I was taught back then on what to look for. And when you're when you're playing the Raiders back then in Oakland on a baseball field and travel cross-country from Oakland to New York and all that, the back-to-back travel was really important. The bye week was the priority. The home game, the, uh, the home opener to get going. You made a really good phone call here to start us off about the importance of getting a gimme because there's no gimmies, but getting a gimme early, getting one of those games here in the first three or four games. We got nine home games this year plus a tenth because playing the Chargers in L.A. is a home game. The Jets are going to be harder. The Giants went to the playoffs. The Patriots we beat here last year. The Vikings are a playoff team. I think the game that the Raiders probably won early is the Packers because of Jordan Love and no Aaron Rodgers. And the rest of the games, are the Steelers a home game easy? I don't think the Steelers are ever easy. They're going to have a lot of terrible towels here. So the home schedule for season ticket fans are going to be great because the quality of the opponents are really strong. So that's it. Appreciate you starting off the show as we hear from San Francisco. We had to move Vince Sapienza. We'll move him to 140 because the Golden Knights are taking the ice late. I just got a text from him, so that opens us up right now. I got a clean segment coming up that we had a guest. If you want to get in, get online. I'll get you on the other side. 702-365-9200. Thursday, 5 p.m. our time, the full regular season slate of all 32 teams will be released. You'll hear it here exclusively on Raider Nation Radio. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know every, every player says that when they come up to their first press conference, but that's my goal. I want to go get a ring, uh, get the silver and black back to where it should be. And uh, I know it's not an easy process. Been through it. San Francisco, you know, lower end of the field when I first got there, but it's a process, but it'll be worth it. 
Jimmy G, who not a lot of people know where he is other than the Raiders. I mean, he is stealth, man. Aaron Rodgers had all the quarterbacks said at the Kentucky Derby. Jimmy G wasn't there. I don't know where he hangs out, what he does, but none of my business. Jimmy G is just... He's Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan gave us a wink and a nod of that also at the owners' meetings when he said, you know, it's even tough to text him. I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on. I hope he's doing well, and he's the new quarterback of the Raiders as we continue on. We're looking for your concerns or your excitement with the Raiders and what they're going to do coming up here with the schedule release. And nine home games, I like that, nine home games, uh, the additions of the Steelers, the Jets, the Giants, and the Patriots. Wow. That's the entire corridor of the East Coast. What is that? The only team that's missing in there is Philadelphia. Patriots, Giants, Jets, and Steelers, man. You got that going on. We know the home games. The Vikings here. Vikings travel well. All these teams are going to travel really well, everybody. The Steelers, the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots. We saw what the Patriots do. And uh, Vikings are going to travel well. And the Packers. So those are the teams there. What would have happened if Aaron Rodgers stayed in Green Bay? Think of that for a second. The only break they get is Jordan Love. And then the road games at Buffalo, which could be international. Chicago, I love going to Chicago. Uh, We were there. I had a one-on-one interview on the sidelines with Bo Jackson. Never forget that. Uh, My wife's from that region of the country. We had family and friends show up. uh, You look at the away game at Detroit. Um, I like Detroit as a place to go. Most people don't. Uh, Detroit will be interesting there. Ford Field, that they're a good team. They're an improved team. They're very similar to the Raiders. Remember, Detroit didn't make the playoffs, but they knocked out Green Bay. The Colts, the Colts game depends on if Anthony Richardson is playing by then. And then at the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins didn't do much in the draft because they didn't have draft picks, the Brian Flores lawsuit, what was happening with the owner there. So, you know, the Tua, we don't know if Tua is going to be healthy or not. We hope he is. Don't want anybody to be concussed anymore. But I think we could all agree by looking at this schedule, it is not going to be easy. There's a lot of playoff teams and tough opponents here, and the Raiders are going to have to fight through a tough schedule. No doubt about that. This is not going to be easy, and we're aware of that. Uh, For the hockey fans who haven't called in, maybe this will get them going white cloud. John Anderson does SportsCenter, and John Anderson did this on the highlight package when he was playing the Golden Knight goals. Goal of the game, Knights 2-1. 13 minutes to go, we're in the second, Zach Whitecloud. What kind of name is Whitecloud? Great name, you're a toilet paper. His first goal of the playoffs as well is 3-1. First goal by any nice defenseman here in the postseason. Everybody's on the... All right, so he basically said Whitecloud's the nice name of a toilet paper. And he had to apologize because he works at ESPN. And that is a, a crime and misdemeanor. So he said that and he had to apologize for that. Bob Huggins yesterday... Glenn Kuyper, the voice of the A's with his racial slur, which to me was a complete accident, but I'm not going to die on that hill. What he did was wrong. And uh, you got to be careful with what you said. I don't know why he said that about White Cloud. It wasn't, to me, anything really serious. He was trying to be funny. And that's never going to happen with me, Bobby. I'm not a comedian. I worked with Jay Moore. He's funny. Sometimes I tell, I think, stories that might be a little bit fun, but... As Looney described me yesterday on our podcast, I'm classic rock, classic sports radio. I just want to do a couple of monologues, take some calls, and interview some good people that can make the show better. Hardcore Raider, what do you see with the schedule coming up here? What are you happy about, or what are your concerns? 
Well, I really just want to ask you a question So to, about the draft and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So everybody in Raider Nation knows there's a lot of holes on defense. Obviously, I was a big proponent of trying to get him a hooker. It didn't happen. Yep. Whatever. So if we weren't going to go that route, we should have gone defense, right? Mm-hmm. We know the offense needed red zone help. So the, t- the second pick, you know, or the second round, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Michael Mayer, it's yep. probably a good pick to help our, uh, you know, red zone. Um, mm-hmm. However, when we get into the third round, right, and mm-hmm. we look at what the Raiders really need and the talent that was there, we all know the middle of the field has been a nightmare for the Raiders to cover. We've had safeties that are undersized that can't cover guys like Travis Kelsey. I know it's mm-hmm. hard for anybody to cover Travis Kelsey. But the, the, thing, the thing is, JT, is that there was linebackers still available in mm-hmm. the third round. The Raiders could have traded up, or instead of getting a wide receiver, there were still linebackers like Henry Toto mm-hmm. or um, Noah Sewell that the Raiders could have got. So my question to you is how could the Raiders – and such a need when there's talent on the board, sit on the sidelines, not a I got the answer. An extreme need. I got the answer. Extreme need. They didn't have these linebackers rated the way you did. They had the corners that they were able to get one, the tight ends, and I was surprised. If you would have said, why didn't they go offensive line and right tackle or right guard there, I think I would have a better debate with you. But there weren't many linebackers in this class. It was a very weak linebacker class. So where you're talking about them drafting, yeah, they could have got a linebacker, but it, there wasn't a, a high player graded on their board. So we're going to go into this year without a defense in the middle of the field, still going to be open. We're all supposed to have confidence in this regime, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to get rid of Hunter Renfro. And they still haven't signed Josh Jacobs. And, and you guys mm-hmm. want us to have confidence that these guys. I don't, I don't care if I don't. I don't care if you have confidence just, or not. That's not. Just, it's not my. It's not my job. It's not my job if you have confidence or not. I don't run a radio show on a guy who just hangs up on me and been screaming for three weeks to get Hendon Hooker. I mean, I put you on the radio as a pleasure for you to come in and sound off like you got a pair. You sound rattled and triggered like a, a majority of Raider fans that I have to deal with on the radio. And I, I welcome you in because without you, I got nothing. The soft fans or NFL fans and the quiet ones don't tweet and call. So I like to mix it up with a guy like that. You asked me a fair question. Why didn't the Raiders get a linebacker? I gave you my answer. What more do you want? You hang up on me? You call my show? We put you on the radio and you can't say goodbye? Thanks for taking my call. You just hang up on me? Okay. I'll, I'll be here to get beaten and battered again. I'll be here to get beaten and battered again. But I'd like to hear your phone calls. You're triggered because the Raiders didn't get Hendon Hooker. You called for a month in a row saying Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker. They didn't get him. And now your first phone call to me is screaming that they didn't get a linebacker. Okay. I, I can tell you're triggered is the word that we use here in sports talk radio. And that's good. Because without triggered fans, we don't have much. I study sports radio. It's my PhD. The, the, the industry in general is crapping the bed, nationally syndicated. They're trying to figure out podcasts. No one knows how to bring in revenue. A lot of national networks are folding or their stocks worth seven cents a share. I'm just a guy that's left taking calls. You got national shows on during the day. Won't take one phone call. They want to do three hours talking about LeBron and low-hanging fruit. Here, I come in every day with the armor on, with the armor on, ready to go to battle with the people who are supposed to be my friends, the Raider Nation. That's why I love this, man. Man, there could be worse ways to make a living, right? Worse ways to make a living than getting beaten, battered by your own fan base. But I'm cool with it, man. I'll take those shots. Why didn't they get a linebacker? I'm the guy that said get Micah Parsons on the air. That took some balls when I said on the air. When Micah Parsons was still available, I was saying on the draft show. 
trade up and get Micah Parsons. They didn't do that. That was the linebacker. He's now so good, he's turning into a defensive end. Put on like 20 more pounds of muscle in the offseason. I would love to see. And, you know, and the rumor that everybody talks about is a trade for Renfro for Queen of Baltimore because, you know, they already gave all that money to another linebacker there. Could Queen be available for the Raiders? I'd love that move. But I don't want to see Hunter go. I'd never want to see Hunter Renfro go unless Hunter Renfro is going to bring in an elite player, an elite player on the defensive side. So I'm not a proponent of getting rid of Hunter because I have to deal with Hunter and I enjoy it. I I don't know him well, but when we talk, you know, when we talk, we have a good conversation. I like Hunter Renfro. And uh, if he's here, I think they're going to have another great weapon. But do I want a linebacker? Absolutely. Would I have taken a linebacker compared to a backup quarterback? Yeah. Would I have taken a linebacker compared to, you know, a slot receiver? Probably. Probably, but they told me why they did it. And I take that information and I give it to you. Lois Cali Raider, he's checking in. Thanks for calling in. What's happening? Hey, how you doing, JT? Doing good. Thank you. Hey, man, you know, I just want to speak on how Vegas is, you know, came and embraced the Raider Nation. You know, I love the fact that every corner I go to, every gas, this gas station I go to, I see Kelly merchandise, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. But if there's one thing I can't stand is how the Raider Nation and the way we treat each other, man. It's it's it's, it's embarrassing. It's unprofessional, and you know it's just something that just gets on my nerves. And I think what you're doing for the Raider Nation is a good thing. And you know I hope to keep it up. But I just want to call and give you my support. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the support. I do. Bobby's sitting there nodding his head. Yeah. This is not one of those days where we have to have a tutorial on how Raider fans should treat each other. We just want everybody to want to win, and we want everybody to have fun. Want everybody to travel, drink ice-cold Modelo's. Modelo, a proud partner of our show, the fighting spirit of Modelo's. I will have a bucket of Modelo's. My dad's coming out. My, my dad's coming out and my mom, and my dad now drinks Modelo and listens to the show. My dad used to not drink Modelo. Now he does because his son hosts the show, and I partner with Modelo. This feels like a 3-0 series other than the game that Jimmy Butler did not play. What's been the reason for not getting consistent stops on defense when you need it the most? Uh, it's a hard-fought series. They were scoring the ball great. Overall, the defense, I think, has been pretty good. We didn't finish it. The second shot hurt us. The free throws hurt us. And our turnovers hurt us. That's my Tom Thibodeau. My Knicks are a disaster. They are so impossible to watch, and I'm a fan. They drive me absolutely bonkers. Let's go out to the Westgate Hotel in Las Vegas, VP of Risk Management. Always a pleasure to talk to Jeff Sherman every couple of weeks. And, Jeff, I want to start off with the NBA odds after what the Lakers did to the Warriors and how that game came down to the wire. Anthony Davis, LeBron, Steph, Clay, tell us about their odds to win the title now going forward. Yeah, big swing in that game. Lakers now 3-1 second choice behind Boston, who's plus 165, and you know, as tight as that game was yesterday, if Golden State ends up winning going up 2-2, then you're looking at Golden State having better title odds than the Lakers. So Lakers 3-1, to Golden State out to 20-1 to now, being down 3-1. Fascinating to me. So where the Lakers were throughout the year, take our audience behind the scenes. Injuries, they blow up the roster, they change the roster. They're trying to stay out of the play-in tournament. They're there, they win against the Wolves. 
and they still have to mostly do this on the road. Can you compare it to anything we've seen over the last couple of years? No, it's uh, it's it's really unique, especially with the NBA. You know, the Lakers were as high as two hundred to one back in November. You know, they started out two and ten. Like you said, chemistry issues, all the injuries they dealt with throughout the season, uh, even late in the season, LeBron getting hurt with his tendon in his foot. Um, but they pretty much were like the second half of the year after the trade, forty to fifty to one. Uh, but we saw a lot of money, and they're by far our largest liability. And hence, you're going to see uh, really short numbers on their future outrights right now. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate, best book in town, best book around the country. He joins us every few weeks at uh, Golf Odds. Go follow him, a must follow. So the late game tonight, Denver and Phoenix. Phoenix stormed back in the series without Chris Paul. Jokic didn't get suspended. I can't, uh, you know, as an odds maker, I wonder what you would have done. Can I ask that if Denver didn't have Jokic in Game 5 to considering the number moving now as Denver, there seems to be more money coming in on the Nuggets in this game. Yeah, we're currently sitting Denver minus 6 against Phoenix, and you're starting to see six and a halves out there. And If Jokic were suspended and weren't playing, you'd probably have Denver about a one-and-a-half point favorite, maybe one right in that range, very small favorite. Could even see head towards Pickham because there'd be a lot of anti-Denver sentiment with with him not playing. But um, it's been creeping up, and... Uh, you know, just what we saw the two games in Phoenix and how uh, Booker and Durant carried the, the, the team, um, a lot of people are expecting that not to carry to Denver, uh, especially because they have to carry heavy minutes. Now they're going to altitude, and they really don't have a deep bench. And this is where Denver, we saw it in games one and two where they excelled, uh, being able to sustain that with the bench play. Jeff Sherman joins us. So the Knicks are dead. The Heat are 14-1. to one. Considering their path, I remember when they went to the finals in the bubble here. Do you think those odds are going to get shorter here if they put the Knicks away easily and do that at the Garden and have some time to sit back and rest for Boston and Philadelphia that winter? Yeah, if they can put them away, you'll see this creep down to 10, 12 to 1 range. And uh, then, then their path gets really difficult after that. They obviously beat Milwaukee, a great team that went through some injuries with Giannis. The Knicks have uh, underachieved in this series. I was really expecting more out of them. Uh, to give Miami a run here. But uh, if they get Boston or Philly next round, whoever it is, uh, it's going to be a really tough task. Jeff Sherman. Jeff, it seems like the only team that's out of it in hockey is the Maple Leafs. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup odds updated. The Golden Knights win against the Oilers, considering they have home ice throughout the West, was massive. That was an unbelievable bounce-back game. How does that affect the odds going forward? Yeah, well, we have the Knights as a seven to two favor right now, and Florida four to one, Carolina plus four twenty five, Edmonton five to one, and pretty much who, whoever comes out of that Edmonton Vegas series will be the favorite going into next round. Power rated wise, that's what we have. But right now, with the the Knights holding a two to one edge, they're the seven to two cup favorite. How much did you have to move the odds on the Kraken as an expansion team from the regular season to the postseason to where they are now? Yeah, it's been crazy because uh, you know they were sitting there. Uh, for a while outside of the playoff picture, you know, just going bouncing uh, right within and without. Um, but they've gone from as high as 200 to 1 earlier this year, now down to 10 to 1 right now. We've seen a lot of money show up on them recently 20 to 1, 16 to 1, and now at 10 to 1. All right, Jeff, as we wrap this up, it's a busy, busy week for you with the, the schedule coming out from the NFL. Take us behind the scenes at the Superbook at the Westgate, the sharpest book in the world. What type of work goes into this when you start seeing the games leaked? You look at these games because you put up every game. You put up every game right out of the gate here, and you got to study the draft, how teams improve, what happened in free agency. This seems like a Herculean effort coming to you later this week. 
Yeah, this is a fun one, you know, because the schedule is supposed to be released at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursday. But you start to hear the leak come out a few hours before. So we start formulating our lines, and we get up our week one NFL lines. Thursday and last year it was between 1 and 3 p.m. Pacific. So we had it up well in advance of the release show. But once we get those, once the matchup is set, we just price it and get it up within within 10 minutes, get all that together. And then over the next few weeks we'll start working on the remaining schedule for the rest of the season. So we'll have every side and total priced up. Uh, finally, we got a good round of golf coming up. Four rounds, the AT&T, Byron Nelson, Scheffler's there. Uh, Day, I'm looking at Matsuyama here, Kuchar here overall. Uh, give me the update on Rory McIlroy and you know Scotty Scheffler being there, but how about this field in general where a lot of guys came off the Masters and I haven't seen a lot of them since heading into the next major? Yeah, we got the PGA Championship next week, so it's a really watered-down field this week mm-hmm. with Byron Nelson. And Scotty Scheffler's less than a 4-1 to favorite. And you mentioned Terrell Hatton, Jason Day, Tom Kim. Then it's a real drop-off after that. So I don't think there's going to be too many eyes on the PGA Tour this week. But then you head to, to Rochester next week for the PGA Championship, and Rahm is a 15-2 to favorite. Scheffler 9-1. to Rory has eased out to 12-1 to mm-hmm. after his poor performances he's had. He was in single digits. Now up to twelve to one. Last one. Uh, tell me anything about baseball on the way out here. As everybody's chasing Tampa Bay, as we look at the odds getting shorter with them, and what you're seeing trending in baseball. Give me a story behind the scenes. Yeah, well, we got the the Braves six to one, Tampa Bay seven to one, and every day we get Tampa Bay money. Uh, they're road mm. favorites at Baltimore today, as they are pretty much every game being a, a favorite right now at this point because they are the most popular team uh, on the betting board. We get money on. Them to win the game, them on the run line, uh, it just it doesn't stop. So you're seeing overinflated prices on them right now, and there probably is value to bet against them at a certain point. But right now, it's really being taxed on the Tampa side. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you in a few weeks. Always appreciate you. Okay, thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman. That's a really good segment. Again, we got to do gambling. We want to do gambling, and that's the VP of risk management who sets the lines at the Superbook. With Jay Cornegay, our other friend there. I cannot believe this. Bobby's a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Tampa Bay's 29-7. and So the Yankees had four home runs last night. The Rays could run away with this at this pace. Now, I expect them to eventually come back. Problem is the Yankees and Red Sox will spend. They'll go spend to try to get better. The Rays don't. But maybe the Rays don't have to do that this time. Maybe the Rays are in a really good spot where they don't have to spend money. But you would think if they want to keep their franchise in Tampa, eventually they're going to need to win. They're going to need one World Series. Why wouldn't this be the year to do it? They've been close. They've been there before, but they've never won. And I repeat this because I I tell people this. They've never won, including the Padres and a couple of teams that never won. So when everybody says, oh, the Rays, the Rays, the Rays, historically they don't win. But, Bobby, they got my attention. They got my attention, too, I'll tell you what. One thing about the Tampa Bay Rays, they finally got 25,000 people to show up for a game. Last Sunday, they actually had an audience. Usually it's like 8,000 people per game. Last Sunday, they're starting to come out. Now they got about 25,000. Yep. Uh, 20,000 Yankee fans. 20,000 Yankee fans who are there. Uh, 702-365-9200 as we continue on. And that's it. Hour number one flew by. We had a rebook Vince Sapienza from Edmonton. He'll join us, Benjamin Brown, who looks at the data of the NFL and the schedule. He's going to join us, and one of my favorite guests, the journalist Mark Anderson, is going to jump in. So we're pretty full the rest of the way, but I'd like to hear from you the rest of the way with the schedule. 
We had a few calls the first hour. What is your excitement or concern with the upcoming Raiders schedule? We'll get to that next hour.